Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. You guys, this is such an exciting episode. I'm like so full of emotion and I don't think this re- this episode is going to be recorded all at once. There's so much that I want to say, but for my own memories and just like the potency of what I am feeling right now, I just want to like hop on and record this like live in the moment and have this in the episode. Um, I ran a fucking half marathon today and... I am so exhausted, let me tell you. The only reason I'm recording this right now is because I'm trying to sleep. It is 5.30 p.m. And I took a little nap, but like my body is so exhausted and I am so drained but so wired and I'm just, I need sleep. I don't know how I'm going to sleep, but um, I guess that's a later problem. Just like this plane going over. Oh, oh my goodness. It really never ends here in Montreal with the flights. Um, But my, I, oh my God, I have tried to find words about how I'm feeling. And I think I just need to like maybe speak, get some things off of my mind. And then maybe I'll be able to sleep better. Um, It was an insane journey getting to this point. I have always wanted to run a marathon I will run a marathon one day, but there are steps to get there. And I did a half marathon in training this summer. And my timing was two hours, 34 minutes for my half marathon at the end of July, which honestly for a first half marathon, like it's really not that bad. It's more just about the fact of like actually doing it. And so like, just like teaching your body, like what the fuck to do. Oh, fuck me up. Oh, my knee is so sore. I have this issue where like my tibia likes to kind of fall over and like not align properly with my kneecap. So I have Cairo tomorrow because I am in a buttload of pain. Um, Boatload, buttload. Mm, I'm in a lot of, it hurts like a bit of a bitch. But anyway, so leading up to this half marathon, obviously there's training involved. I ran a 10K race at the end of August And after August, I, after that race specifically, it activated in me. Oh my goodness. It activated me in a way where I had some upper limits to break through. And I went through a bit of a tough time mental health wise. I did record an episode on that and it's supposed to be like in the way I've planned it, like a, like a two part episode in one. I don't know how much of that I'm going to include. I'm going to kind of go back and like, see if it's relevant. I feel like it might not be. But I went through like this really tough time emotionally for about, I want to say like 16 days, like it was 16, 18 days. Like it wasn't quite three weeks, but it was a bit more than two. And it was incredibly challenging um, because, you know, like I was on this high and I am kind of bracing myself. Um, I'm kind of, I'm actually, I'm not bracing myself for the next upper limit break after this half marathon. Um, I'm just, I'm actually just going to be in flow and I'm just going to accept things as they are in every moment right now, I am tired and proud and empowered and feeling really badass. Um, but I, because of what I was going through mentally and energetically after my 10 K, I did not train a lot. Like for this half marathon, I was so exhausted, like brutally, unbelievably exhausted. And so 
I was really nervous going into this um, half marathon today. And it's so trippy because I registered for this a really long time ago and like months ago. And so whenever you have, I don't know if you guys have experienced this where like something, I don't know, maybe like a wedding day or like graduation or prom or I don't know, like something is an idea for so long and it seems like this imaginary thing that you're training for, but it's not really real. And then it happens on the real day and you're like, oh my God, it's a real thing. It's happening. I'm doing it. Holy crap. And there's so many emotions. And that was like so real for me this week on Wednesday. And I think I'm going to post a reel about this because I did film the experience. I thought it was something worth documenting. But on Wednesday this week, five days before today, like this half marathon, I, oh my God, was like overcome with fear, a level of fear that I have like not experienced. I don't like ever before. Like I just, I don't get afraid of a lot of things in the way that this half marathon terrified the absolute living fuck out of me. And I went for a run. I went for a nice little short 5k. It was my last, um, pre-race training run and it was really, really short. And I just came home and I was stretching and I looked at myself in the mirror and I just like broke down. Like I was so scared and I just had this conversation with myself while like staring at myself in the mirror, which I also don't typically do. It was a very weird but profound experience. And I just discovered my why. Like I tend to do things like just because. I'm someone who loves to just try things, but when you are doing something so demanding mentally and physically, you need to have such a deep why. And I'm that that's also true with changing your life, right? Like if you're going to change how you show up in this world and, and what you show up in and for, you need to have a really incredibly anchored and strong why that you can come back to or else you're going to fall off track. I teach that in A Happy Human, my course. And so I discovered my why and you know, it had a lot to do with Mystic and his passing. Running has been like the biggest lifesaver um, when it comes to my grief. And he also never gave up on me. Oh my God, I'm going to get so emotional talking about this because I have so many emotions running through me. Um, he stuck around so much longer than his little body physically should have. And I honor and adore him for that. And Then there was like the second component of this half marathon was me showing myself that any belief that anyone has ever put on me of you're not good enough, you're not capable, you don't know what you're doing, um, like you can't do this on your own. It was a huge like fuck you to all of that programming that I have internalized and as a result have become so hard on myself and like striving to be perfect. It was it was that. It was literally like a whole release of that. So I had these two really strong whys. And after finding that on Wednesday, I just like kept telling myself, I believe in myself. I can do it. I believe in myself. Like I don't start things and not finish them because one of the biggest things that this like big illusion that was playing in my mind was what if I start it and for some reason I can't finish it. Like I have family coming to see me. I have a friend who's also running the marathon. Like people know I'm doing this. Like, what if I can't finish it? I've already done it before. And so I came back to compounding mindset, which I fuck hard with compounding mindset. It's if I can do it once, I can do it twice. If I can do it twice, I can do it four times. I actually 
shared this in a reel on my Instagram after I ran my first um, half marathon back in training in July. And so I just kept coming back to that of like, it's not about not finishing it. I will finish it. And then I got really hard on myself of like, what time am I going to finish it in? Because my half marathon in training was two hours, 34 minutes, which is like fine. Like I said, if you've, I mean, like if I'm speaking to anyone, like it's incredible, but if I'm like viewing myself, like I have goals that I want to meet, I have PRs that I want to hit. And interestingly enough, I, I like insane the, the time that I was able to do it in today, considering where I was at, at the 234, like literally two months ago, um, I finished my half marathon at two hours, 22 minutes and 29 seconds. So when I was two, two, two in there, technically it's two hours, 20 minutes, 51 seconds, because I took a pee break and I paused my personal, like on Strava, you can like record your runs. I paused it for my pee break. Um, but according to like, like athlete stats, Canada, it's two hours, 22 minutes, 29 seconds. And I kind of fuck hard with the angel numbers. There were so many synchronicities today, like just from the moment that I like got into the metro station and like the car I got into and like the guy that I knew that was running the marathon just happened to be at the exact car that stood that that ended up pulling up to like exactly where I was standing so I like got to chat with him and like that took my nerves down and then just so many other things that took place during the half marathon was fucking epic like literally fucking epic and the angel number 22229 at the end there, the 29 seconds, it counts and it matters, but it's obviously not part of the angel number, but so incredible, um, so wild. And this is, I honestly, I have not fully processed this. Like I need to go and sleep. I'm exhausted. I barely slept um, the last couple of nights, like Friday night, I went to bed, I think, I don't know, midnight, woke up 6.30 in the morning. My goal was to sleep the majority of the day on Saturday because, you know, I knew I wasn't going to sleep a lot Saturday night, last night, last night, I tried going to bed at like, I think like nine o'clock and I'm like laying there and I like can't fall asleep, but I'm fucking exhausted. And then I put on a, um, hypnosis for athletic performance, fell asleep for like 40 minutes, woke up, was up for like an hour and a half. And then I don't know how I fell asleep. I think I actually don't remember how I fell asleep. And then I was kind of like in and out of sleep with like this conscious stream of thought of like, oh my God, like it's like game day energy. Like this is actually happening. And then closer to the morning, probably around like 4 a.m., I had this dream that like it was really easy to get to 18 kilometers and from 18 to 21.1 was like the harder part, which actually ended up coming true. Um, It was like, I think it was a bit of like a psychic dream um, because it was so much easier than I thought the first bit. Um, we were, we didn't, we had mile markers at six, 12 and 18 kilometers and thank God it wasn't every fucking mile or kilometer. I think I would have lost my goddamn mind. We got to 12 kilometers and I was like, Oh fuck. Like I am more than halfway done now. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm good. I can do another half. Like this is good. Um, but 18 kilometers, you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. My knee was just fucking killing me at that point. I had it taped up, um, with KT tape. If anyone knows what that is, it's just like physio tape that helps 
like keep your ligaments and everything everything nice and in place thank god i had that on today um i haven't been running with it all summer but i just knew for this length like i was gonna need it and then yeah it was like just fucking insane like you get to this point and at the at the 19th kilometer you're going uphill on this on the course that we did today it was like uphill and I was it was the steepest uphill incline that we had the entire race and I was like seriously this is at the end of course it is because this is when they like want to test your body and like see how far you go um but just like coming to the like finish line and like you're approaching it there's like maybe 400 meters left and all of these people are fucking lined up to see you I didn't see my parents but they have videos and stuff that I'll be sharing on social media at this at the point that this comes out you've probably already seen them on my Instagram because um, there's gonna be several reels like dedicated to this there's gonna be a lot of insight coming from this um, I just need to sit with it and absorb it and process it, um, which I have not done yet because I'm too tired. My brain is wiry. I can't sleep and I, I need to figure that out for tonight because I am, I need a nap. I need, to, I need to go to sleep in like five minutes and not wake up till tomorrow morning. Like that's what I need. I'm so tired. Um, and then right whenever the curve ended I saw that finish line and I fucking sprinted my heart out I actually knocked into a guy by accident like very lightly like his hand hit mine but he was like it's okay like go 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 and then you cross that finish line and it's this whole wild thing of like this thing that was an idea is now an accomplishment and I feel like that is so what's the word I want to use like that is manifestation manifestation starts as an idea a desire it involves action and then you receive it and obviously like maybe this is a little different than receiving I don't I don't actually think it's different I think it's entirely spot on and I just feel there something is different something not just with me but my reality and there there were some events I don't know if I'm gonna you know talk about them too much right now but Um, there were some really cool events today that took place that were just like such a solidifier of like, dude, you're good. And like, there is so much happening for you and so much, like, I just know anyways, that's, let's just leave that where it is. But like this, this is a very new phase of life for me, a very, very abundant one. And I am, I, I, I don't know. I don't have words for what I am right now. I just know I'm really good. And I am very proud of myself. And for anyone else who is a runner um, or has a, like a sport, I'm going to speak specifically to runners though because I can't really relate to anyone else. Like if you have ever even contemplated the idea of running a half marathon, this is like your sign to do it. I'm telling you, there is like no greater feeling. Like I was really down on myself before the half marathon of like, I need to finish it in under 2.30. Like, that's just really important to me. I fucking cleared that with eight minutes. Seven and a half, technically. Um, And even at that, like, just the fact of like accomplishing it and being in the vortex of thousands of people who are running with you and who all just have one goal in common, make it to the finish line. For whatever reason that is, fucking make it to the finish line. I don't know. There's just something about it. Oh my God, my knee. Oh, 
I'm gonna have to wrap this up soon because I am. This needs some serious work. Oh my god, I cannot wait to go to Cairo tomorrow. Um, I, I don't know. There's just this insane feeling of accomplishment and this feeling of I actually can do anything I put my mind to because it is such a mind game because your body, if you train properly and you're, you've been running for a little while, that's the other thing too. I'm very impressed with myself because I've been running for like less than a year and a half um, on like in terms of long distance. Like I played soccer as a kid growing up. So I've always like kind of been running, but as someone who couldn't even do the fucking, what was it? The 800 meter in track, um, in middle school, this, this is nice. This is, this is real nice. This is really, 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 really nice. Um, but there's just something about having this connection with your mind, your ego, your inner child, your higher self, and being like, no, we're not actually tired. Our mind is tired because this is, it's, it's like a long thing. And I think people with ADHD would probably, you know, understand this of like, I don't have ADHD, but I do like, I'm very, I like to focus on one thing for a short period of time. Like, and like running for two and a half hours, it's like, it, it can get mundane if you're not like listening to the right music or thinking of the right things and your brain gets tired. It's like, okay, when is this over? Like, you, cause you are getting tired at some points. So you're exerting a lot of energy, but like there was a point, I think at the first mile marker, which was six um, kilometers, my ego was like, oh, we've already ran six kilometers. It's really not that bad. Like I can do this. But then at like 16 kilometers, I was, I was tired. My legs were feeling it really wasn't that bad. So I was like, no, we're like really not that tired. I was like, we're just feeling it. The muscles are engaged. Like our breathing is like really in line with this. Like we're going to keep pushing. Um, and anyways, it was, it was nutty. Um, there were thankfully lots of electrolytes and water stations along the way that were incredibly necessary um, and helpful. I had a cramp at the very beginning too. Um, I think it was just at, I think it was at the 10, at the 10 K mark or maybe just before the 10 K mark. I had an insane cramp. I had to like walk and breathe it off. It was so bad. Um, but then once that was good, I was good. Like it was insane. And I don't know. I just feel like we put limits on ourselves as humans because we might be afraid of what will happen if we meet our potential. And I do want to talk about upper limits in this episode. So um, that is coming. I'm not recording that like right now, but you're going to hear it right after. It's not going to, it's going to be part of this episode. You're just not hearing the same day recording. Um, I'm going to do that later whenever I've had time to like sit with all of this and figure out what I want to talk to you guys about with upper limits. But I am going to talk to you guys about that in this episode because we, I think as humans are scared of our potential because of, you know, it casting us out of the group or what people might think of us or this just inherent belief that we cannot do things that are hard. And I think too, there's also this like unwillingness to do things that are hard. And I like personally challenging myself in ways like this. I find that it gives me kind of this sense of control whenever other challenging things arrive in my reality because this is life on earth and things can be challenging, whether that's mentally, physically, you know, whatever way. Um, I just feel like it gives me this sense of capability of like if I can run a half marathon in a really nice time considering it was my first half marathon race 
Um, the average, in case you're wondering, like what the average time for a woman is worldwide for a half marathon, it's two hours, 15 minutes. So I was seven minutes behind that, which to be honest with you, I really don't give a fuck. Like my next half marathon, it's fine. I will just keep shaving off time until I get a sub two half, which would be like an hour, 59 minutes. That's my goal. Um, or even like a two hour, I'd be fine with a two hour, but that one minute would kind of be nice too. I feel like that'd be kind of kind of ballsy and kind of trippy but one thing at a time here um but we just I don't know as humans we don't like hard things we but but life itself can be hard you know what I mean so I just feel like this is something that really equips you mentally emotionally and obviously physically to deal with hard things and that's the biggest thing that I'll be taking from this along with so many different changes in my perception of self and um just my certain beliefs that like anyone who has ever told me that I can't or I couldn't, um, well, my brain now knows that that's not true literally at all because I just did this. So I just wanted to hop on and record this in live time. It is, um, 6 PM and I am going to go and sleep and it's insane to think that that like, it's not that it's over, but like, it's just, it happened. I woke up this morning, not a half marathoner. I am going to bed tonight, a half marathoner. The episode you're hearing tomorrow, I am not a half marathoner. But the episode that you're hearing now, as of this point, I'm a half marathoner. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty big fucking accomplishment. For those of you who don't know, a half marathon is 21.1 kilometers or 13.1 miles. Um, and this is something that I'm really proud of that I get to share with you all. So... I'm going to let you segue into the second half of this episode where we talk about upper limits. Um, So trippy how that's like not even recorded yet. But when you hear this, it's just like a very smooth transition. Anyways, enjoy that. And uh, thanks for listening to this part. All right, let's talk about upper limits. And if you notice like a tone shift or like a different energy, just keep in mind, I think I said this in what you just listened to, but these, this episode was recorded in two different um, time periods. So, um, please don't mind that, but if it sounds less like linear, it's cause it's not. Um, but let's talk about upper limits. Upper limits is something that I have been experiencing and it's quite common actually, whenever you get to a certain point in your healing and expanding out of certain limiting beliefs, you do come to a point where what you end up breaking through is no longer really the healing of limiting beliefs and the reprogramming of limiting beliefs in a in a sense of you've got wounds to work through it's more so a feeling of safety that needs to be acquired in the subconscious mind so that you can obliterate upper limits and the term upper limits was coined by Gay Hendricks in his book I think it's called A Big Leap or The Big Leap the, oh my goodness The Big Leap um and he he talks about this experience that he had personally and basically to kind of sum it all up an upper limit is like the tolerance your subconscious mind has about how much good you'll allow yourself to experience again this is all subconscious because the the conscious mind your awareness is not saying oh i'm happy this is not good i'm going to not be happy it's all subconscious and this is because you know, collectively we have grown up being 
like hyper exposed to a lot of traumas if you weren't going through a trauma you knew someone who was or the collective was going through one or something was happening in society and so that on top of the social programming of you know that's one in a million or that's only for the one percent or um I fucking hate this saying so much all good things must come to an end I hate hearing that I don't believe in that at all but that th- these are like common sayings that are programmed into our subconscious collectively and they are in part what create these upper limits within our, our subconscious mind. And so the upper limit is a form of protection from your subconscious mind because whenever you are living the life of your dreams and you have everything you've ever wanted, you have more to lose, right? These are things that your ego, your conscious mind may have thought at one point would never be possible. And I'll talk about some personal examples here because it relates to the half marathon that I ran in September, but it also relates to other things in my life. Like for example, literally four years ago, this time I of year, I was homeless. And so I have had to work through this upper limit of now being in the apartment, my dream apartment, literally in a city that I love, I've really had to work through the upper limit of allowing myself to enjoy my space, to decorate my space, to make my space feel like home, to know that I'm not going to lose my home. It's, and it's, it's really, it's perplexing because logically I know I'm not going to lose my home, um, But it's also hard sometimes, or it has been hard, it's been getting a lot easier this year to feel at home in this space. And that's because of something that I experienced in the past. And so because of the experiences you may have had individually, personally, directly, or have witnessed people in your life, your loved ones going through, or just things that have happened in society, what is going to happen is your subconscious mind is going to create this cap and it's like, oh my God, I could like talk like all the, the cool kids these days and say cap. I actually still don't really fully comprehend what that saying means, but I actually, yeah, I don't know if that context is actually right. That makes me feel very old. Um, but basically when good things are happening in your life, and I see this with my friends, my clients, I experience it myself. I actually experienced it um, back in August, which is why I'm talking about this. So after I ran my first 10K, on August 19th, 2023, that's this year, um, depending when you're listening to this, I guess, I uh, had this this rush of euphoria of being able to rewrite history in my life. That date was very important. I think I've talked about this in several prior episodes. And uh, I was on a high for a couple of days and then I came crashing down and I was being confronted with these upper limits and I just didn't understand what was going on and I had made a post about it on my Instagram story and I I knew of the concept of upper limits like I've worked with clients on them but I think sometimes you can be so in something that you don't recognize what you're going through sometimes and one of my friends and colleagues Danielle she's been on the podcast um, Danielle Kettlewell she replied to my story and she's like girl you're hitting an upper limit like that's all this is like don't stress about this And it really shifted my perspective. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's exactly it. There was such a pivotal change in my life being able to rewrite history on August 19th that I like there was this part of my brain that was like, oh, my God, like one, this day doesn't have to be a remembrance of trauma anymore. 
Two, I just did something so badass. I ran my first 10K, my first race ever. I went out of my comfort zone. Things are really good. I'm in the best shape of my life. Amazing things are happening. Like there was just so much good that was taking place that subconsciously my ego was like, like when's the, when's the hammer going to drop basically? Like when does shit start going wrong again? And honestly, nothing, nothing has like, it's, it's really great. Everything in life has just been continuing to expand and progress in honestly so many beautiful ways. And, um, you guys will be hearing about that more in the future podcast episodes that we're going to have, but it was really, really interesting. And for about, I want to say almost three weeks, I think it was like 18 days, 17 or 18 days. I, I was really moving through a lot of like why I have this upper limit, where it comes from. And it came all the way back down to my birth mom and just certain things that I had to kind of untangle a little bit more in my mind. I've done a lot of the reprogramming around that, but you know, in, in the long and the short of it, your your biological mother is your connection to your root chakra, which is your connection subconsciously to safety and security. And so whenever you have a relationship with your birth mom that is tumultuous, challenging, or in my case, abusive, obviously the feelings of security and safety need to be reprogrammed later in life. And that's something that I've been working on for several, 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 several years, both in therapy and on my own, using my own methodology these last four or five years. But I had to kind of go in and just like really um, tweak some things in my subconscious. And I've been doing really well since, but it was so enlightening to me to just sit there and be like, wow, like, you know, it's so interesting that your, your, your conscious mind can want to be happy, but is also on a subconscious or maybe even a conscious level, depending how much you're focusing on healing these things and reprogramming these parts of your mind is afraid to be so happy. It's this fear of what will happen when I have everything that I want. And I witness a lot of people, especially business owners and people who are entrepreneurs who want to create such a high level of impact, wealth, and success they're constantly hitting these upper limits because they're afraid that they won't be able to hold what it is that they desire or that they will hold it and someone will come and take it away because another, you know, belief in society or another framework of the social structures is that things can be taken away from us. But I I also don't believe that. I don't think anything you know, it is your birthright to create what it is that you came here to create and experience that will not be taken away from you if it's in divine alignment with what you are here to do and what you are here to experience. And I think that is a whole other level of reprogramming that it, that has to come into play with breaking through these upper limits. But it's definitely this sense of, you know, being afraid to lose all the good that you have in your life because the good is more valuable. And this is why so many people feel a sense of comfort and definitely a subconscious sense of safety in trauma, in chaos, in repeating the same cycles. This is why people struggle to break bad habits. 
It's why people struggle to take accountability for their lives. It's why people struggle taking a leap of faith and doing something new and, you know, making change in their lives is because they're afraid to be responsible for the outcomes that will be generated by making these different choices because they're afraid that things are actually going to work out for them. And this is where we could kind of attribute this same this, this upper limit concept into the fear, the fear of success rather than the fear of failure. 99% of people are not actually afraid to fail. They're afraid of success. And the reason why they're afraid of success is because the path in which you must take to be as successful as you want to be, not just professionally, but personally, like your fulfillment in life often require, it does, it's not often requires, it 100% all the time requires you to be the most authentic version of yourself. And that is where people become afraid because they're afraid that if they are the most authentic version of themselves, they are going to be abandoned or rejected by their loved ones, by society. They're going to be outcasted. And this all ties into this upper limit concept as well. Like it's all, it's all connected, right? And so I think the biggest thing with upper limits is to remember a few things. One, you have them, you're going to break through them, be gentle with yourself, let yourself have your process, it's okay. Two, you are never going to be loved, accepted, and celebrated by every single person in the world. And so you have two options. One, be miserable pretending to be someone that others expect you to be so that you can gain their false sense of love and validation of you. Or two, be happy with who you are and your authentic expression and allow the people who love you unconditionally and support you as you are and who see you in your authenticity gravitate towards you. Because here's the thing, and this is, this is common as well with people who are struggling to attract aligned relationships, friendships, and deeper connections, you will not call in friends who are unconditionally loving, partners who are unconditionally loving and supportive if you are not in your authenticity because you are not being yourself. They can't actually see... The the people who are going to love you unconditionally need you to be okay with being seen as who you actually are. The more that you pretend to play a character or be a person that you are not so that you can receive the love of other people, the more you're going to attract people who who... are not inclined to see the real you, which then ultimately like repeats the cycle and furthers this, this loop. I hope this is making sense. And so if you want to break through your upper limits, you need to be authentic. You need to be who you actually are and know that the right people are going to gravitate towards you and see you through all your seasons of expansion and growth and even your low moments. I have two best friends who have been in my life for well how old are we now we're we're 26 so one of them has been in my life for 22 years and the other has been in my life for uh 11 or 12 years and they have seen me through every phase especially my best friend of 22 years but also my friend of 12 years they have seen me through every phase of life the highs the lows the lower lows like they have seen it all but in all of that, it was an authentic expression of myself, of my of my person, of my identity, of my truth. And they held space for me to grow into the person that I needed to become. And the roles are, you know, it's like vice versa as well. I have also witnessed this within them as well. And we continue to witness each other and love each other through that. 
There are also connections that I've had in my life, familial included, where I was only loved, supported, and accepted when I was being a particular version of myself, the people pleaser, the overgiver, the partier, um, the pothead, the, you know, just like the, just all of that kind of stuff, the non-spiritual mads. And I had never been more depressed in my life. And yes, I lost I don't even consider it loss. Yes, I gravitated away from certain people and certain people gravitated away from me, but I really would not change anything about that because now I have different people in my my life and stronger connections in my life, both, you know, friendship and familial and professional even that you know, it's mutually supportive, it's mutually authentic. It's and there's there's no expectations to be anyone other than who who we actually are, the good, the bad, everything in between. And so know that if your fear is showing up authentically, you're going to find your people, your your soulmate friends, your soulmate group, your soul family, but you aren't going to find all of them until you step into who you are because they are only there to be a part of your journey as you become more authentic. Um, I hope this is making sense. And so This is a big reason why people have upper limits and why they're afraid to feel all of the good. They're afraid to lose everything that they've worked towards, right? You know, all good things must come to an end, bunch of bullshit. Um, I want to come up with like a quote in response to that. Like all good things must come to an end and be like, no, like it's actually, what's the reality of that? I'll I'll keep you posted on what comes to mind with that. Um, And then the other thing is this whole concept of like, okay, what if I am in my authenticity and I, I am okay with that and I'm accepting the good, how will it affect other people? And that's the, the, the fears of abandonment and rejection. And this also comes from this program in society that says, don't shine too bright or you'll make other people feel bad. And there's someone that I follow on social media and she was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And then I just experienced it and I was like, whoa, that's so interesting. And it's this, it's this weird culture we have in, I, th- I think it's predominantly in North America of how like, it's, it's so weird because when I lived in Italy, whenever you ask someone like, how are you doing? Like they'll actually answer you. Like if they're like, if, if, if they are going through a hard time, they'll literally tell you that like, it's, and then you'll have like an hour conversation on the sidewalk. Like it's extremely a normal custom there. And then here in like North America and Canada, like the customary response is, oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Or things are good or things are okay. But it's a very like gray area because that's the customary response. But you're the, the, the kind of social, social culture here is don't talk about your problems because no one wants to be trauma dumped on, which like trauma dumping is a whole other thing. We can like that's like a whole other conversation, but like people don't actually, it's, it's the idea that people don't actually care if you're going through a bad time, but also on the flip side, it's don't share your happiness too much because other people aren't as happy as you. And I experienced this the other day, um, where I was talking to someone and I was like, like, how are you doing? And they're like, you know, like going through the motions. It's okay. And they were like, how are you? And like, my life has just been really good (laughs) and I felt guilty about it I felt so guilty of being like yeah like life is great this is like what I felt really guilty about it and 
obviously you don't want to like rub things in people's faces, but that's kind of like what we're taught, right? Like if you shine too brightly, you will hurt other people's feelings. And I just think that that also comes with an even deeper social program of like, you're responsible for how other people feel and react, which is just so not true. That's like a people pleaser thing. And so I feel like there's just so much to like unpack in all these different kinds of upper limits and different kind of collective wounds. And I feel like we should maybe have an episode in 2024 on like the collective wounds and you know, how to heal them and and break through them. But this is kind of like the long and the short of it. I just kind of wanted to, to mention, you know, what this topic is. I'm still learning more about it as I, it's been something a little bit more recent in my own personal reality. And it's something that when you get to a certain point in your healing and your expansion, you're inevitably going to go through because you've done the bulk of the healing of the wounds. And now it's like, okay, just being accepting and receiving of all of the good that you have created for yourself. And in reference, you know, to my half marathon, a big upper limit for me was, you know, that I get to change my identity whenever I want to. And I get to believe in myself at every stage, even when I am embarking in these really new, interesting, expansive, never done it before experiences like running a half marathon. I was terrified. And when you guys are hearing this at some point today, I'm going to be posting, um, a behind the scenes reel on my Instagram of like this pep talk that I had to give myself, which is going to be really vulnerable because I've never posted anything like that before. And it was the first time I had an experience of doing what I did in the video, um, where I'm just like breaking through this part of my mind where it's like, I know I can do it and I want to do it, but this is the person I'm becoming. And like, what does that say about me? And am I allowed to change and become an athlete? Because I'm sorry, but running 21.1 kilometers, um, that's athlete shit. That is athlete shit a hundred percent. And one of my, one of my friends brought that up to me back in, in the summer, um, when I ran my first 14 and, uh, it was kind of like a running joke between us, but now it's like, no, like actually actual athlete now. Um, and I kind of was like, well, what are people going to think about me? Because like in high school, I was not a good athlete. And like, is this like, am I an imposter? And like, can I believe in myself? And can I claim this identity for myself? It was really interesting. Um, and I broke through it and I ran the half um, a few days after I had this like experience that you guys are going to see. And now I'm running a second half, um, you know, rather, rather soon actually. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted to bring up in terms of the upper limits conversation it is just basically this subconscious protection mechanism that is trying to keep you safe because you feel more safe i guess with the quote negative non-expansive cycles in your life and that is why you're afraid in part to move into new territories and take leaps of faith is because In negative cycles, you don't have to take responsibility. You can blame it on society. You can blame it on outside factors. You can blame it on the job that you hate. You can blame it on whatever the fuck you want. But whenever you you make change in your life and you start going out of your comfort zone and going through an expansion, you have to take responsibility for everything. And that's also something that comes with 
um, a lot of fear. And we'll, we'll talk about that. I think I've talked about taking responsibility and like releasing victimhood on the podcast several times. I know I've talked about it in a solo episode on like going from like victim mentality to victor mentality. I've talked about it with Jordan on the podcast of like how to release victim mentality. Um, so I would go check out those episodes as well. Just kind of like scroll, scroll through and find them. But yeah, I feel like I was kind of rambly with this one and I think I'm going to leave it here and I hope it makes sense. And if it doesn't send me a DM on Instagram at Madsmess, and I will come back and clarify. And yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this and we've got some really exciting episodes coming up and things are, there's a lot coming in, in November as well. And December at Madsmess, we are doing couple of workshops. I will leave the wait list for the workshops down below. If you want to get notified, these workshops are completely free and they're really big activators to help you move beyond limiting beliefs. We're going to break through some upper limits in November because that is the theme of Q4 at Mads Mess. Um, that's like the, the next three months. That's like the kind of focus. And we're also going to be doing a workshop on manifestation. So sign up on the wait list. I will leave it below And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Go be your divine self this week. You got this. I love ya. Thank you.